This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Elk Shape Podcast with me, Dan the Fitness Man Staten. This podcast is dedicated to blue-collar, hard-working public land elk hunters. We preach hard work, delayed gratification, discipline, and staying accountable to yourself. We value faith, family, fitness, fiscal discipline, and of course, public land elk hunting. So come along as we try to educate, motivate, and inspire you to become the best possible version of yourself. Our podcast is brought to you by Wilderness Athlete, performance you deserve. Fuel your body with the best. Use our discount code ELKSHAPE30 and save 30% off your first purchase. We are also brought to you by NUMA Outdoors. Geared for the outdoors, made with bow hunters in mind, built to over-deliver, and most importantly, designed to outperform. Check out NUMAOutdoors.com and be sure to use the discount code ELKSHAPE20 to save 20% off your purchase. Matthews Archery elevating the archery experience take a test drive with the matthews v331 or 27 at a local dealer near you vortex optics i've been partnered with vortex since 2010 this company is awesome they're american owned veteran owned they're based in wisconsin their entire team of designers and engineers produce and distribute a complete line of premium sport optics accessories and apparel most of the apparel that i wear while training scouting and hanging out around the house is Vortex Wear. Go ahead and check it out, and if you want to save 20%, enter the discount code ELKSHAPE at checkout, and you'll save 20%. New from Vortex in 2021 is their tripods. The one I've been using in the backcountry is their Summit Carbon Tube, and their Radian Carbon, and it also has a ball leveling head, and it's perfect for rock solid shooting. There is a tripod to fit everyone's needs from Vortex now, and it's still covered with their lifetime no-fault transferable VIP warranty. Check it out at VortexOptics.com. 
Welcome to the Yokeshay Podcast with me, Dan, the fitness man. At the time of this recording, it's September 6th. Most of you are probably on your way to elk camp. Some of you have already cut your teeth on Labor Day, and maybe you're back in the office waiting for your vacation to kick in. Uh, maybe some of you are elk hunting right now and you're changing locations and you downloaded a podcast from Elk Shape. I'm here to pump, pump you up, man. I'm here to pump you up for elk season because you know and I know it comes and it goes and then it's a long off season. So one of those deals. This is episode 199, knocking on 200. Uh, stats wise, we're getting 50 to 60,000 downloads a month. Who are you people? Thank you so much for the support. That's extremely humbling. Thank you to all those people that have listened from day one. This is season four, and it's super awesome. September's finally here. It's time for all the hard work to pay off. All the hay is in the barn. You did everything you were supposed to do. Now it's time to execute. Take advantage of every opportunity. Don't squander a second in the mountains. Don't take anything for granted. Don't overlook any opportunity. Have no regrets. (laughs) No regrets, bro, when it's time for October 1st to arrive. This podcast today is brought to you by NUMA Outdoors. Their new gear is here. Check it out, numaoutdoors.com. Enter the discount code ELKSHAPE20. Look at the new Pursuit Pant. They got a new Palisades Puffy, a couple other really key components to your base layer system. It is a system. It all works together. It's very much a blue-collar brand. It's for us regular bow hunter people. I stand behind them. You should too. Wilderness athlete, load up on hydrate, recover, energy, focus, discount code ELKSHAPE30. Take 30% off. And last but not least, Vortex Wear. Elk Shape will get you 20% off their workout gear, their daily, their scouting gear, their, their whole lifestyle brand, super legit. Vortex UHDs, I get a lot of questions on those. Yes, that's the best glass for the dollar. And the lifetime transferable VIP warranty, if anything ever should go wrong, they'll make it right. They're veteran-owned. They're proudly American. It's a great company. It's the longest standing partnership i've ever had is with vortex i hope you support them as well okay so we're sitting down today we're talking to caleb of sheep feet if you've never heard of sheep feet don't worry i hadn't either till about six months ago and i heard about sheep feet and insoles and orthotics all the hype around they make a huge difference on your feet now i haven't had too many foot issues but i also tend to pronate a little bit like many of you Uh, And it it affects me when I'm squatting specifically, and I've been working hard to recruit more glutes and strengthen the glute medius and keep my hip flexors not to be so tight and to take pressure off my lower back. And all that does add up to how much hiking I do in September. So I decided to order some sheep feet. I got them. I wanted to see if the hype was legit. I tested them all through May and early June on Bear in Idaho, and I fell in love. I pulled all the... uh, all the insoles out of all my crispy boots and put sheep feet in them. So these sheep feet go to whatever boot I'm using. And I wanted to get to know Caleb better and understand his background and how he got into it, how he created this business and how it might benefit you guys. So we're going to sit down with Caleb. He's a solid dude. This is one of my favorite podcasts. We we totally gelled. It went really well. You're going to enjoy it. It's a great listen. I'll catch you at the end of the show. Here we go. Welcome to Elk Shape Podcast. Sitting down with Caleb. So Bowden, Sheep Feet, Outdoors. What's up, man? Not much. How you doing? 
Good. You have uh, so you're on video right now, and I can see a beautiful Kentucky waterfall coming out of your hat there. What kind of haircut you got going on there, bro? The mullet. It's beautiful, and it flows, and it's slightly curly. And how long have you been working on that? Uh, like I don't know. It's probably been like a year and a half now. Uh, uh, probably longer. Probably two years. Dude, it, it was only a recent thing that I just chopped off the top before I cut it all off. And I was like, I'll just go mull it for a little bit and then cut it all off. And Okay. Take that hat off just for a quick sec. Let me see the top part. Don't cut that. Why would you cut that? Well, I'm going to cut everything. No. Are you sure? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I was going to do it after the hunts. Cause I usually try and do something for the hunts, but. Okay. Well, what do you, what do you got for hunts this year, man? Oh, we'll see what we get out on, but I got a deer and an elk tag in Idaho, a deer tag in Utah, a South Dakota deer tag, uh, and then a Utah deer tag. Holy smokes. Okay, let's uh, start with Idaho. What is, uh, have you been to Idaho before? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So you got your spots picked out and all that jazz. It's just go execute. Yeah, we've done Idaho for quite a bit, a um, handful of years now, maybe like seven years. Was it tough to get a tag this year for you or were you able to get in? Yeah. So it seems like the past three years, every single time that we would buy it, I mean like four or five years ago, it's like the week before you go, you could just buy it. And then every year it's just kind of got bumped back a little bit closer. So this year when they did the changes, we thought, yeah, let's just get on just to double check. And when I got on, I was like 12,000th in line. Yes. When I got into the portal, there was one deer tag and two elk tags left. And you got it. Barely got it. Oh, man, that makes me feel way better. Same thing for me. Same story, same narrative. Number 12,000 something. Uh, my son did not go to school that day. I said, dude, we are we're going to sit on this computer and you're going to hang out. And was able to get uh, there was like 200 tags set aside for non-residents for where I wanted to go, a new area. And when I got on, I think there was 37 left. So I was like. I didn't think I would be able to get that tag. And um, I've said this before on this podcast, man, for decades straight, I'd pick an elk tag up in Idaho. I'm not an Idaho resident. People think I am because uh, I have a, I have a house in Idaho. I have a truck that stays at the cabin and it's got Idaho plates. Sometimes I drive that. People are like, oh, you're from Idaho. No, I wish. I'm from Washington. And, uh, dude, I would just go gas station, pick up elk tag, go kill elk, drive back to gas station, buy a second elk tag, and go kill an elk. Did that for, I know there's at least 10 years where I probably killed two elk a year without even, you know, worrying about a tag being sold out. There was no such thing. Now, December 1st of just after elk season, you're you're online. Insane, man. Like, what's next you're going to be like? I don't know. I don't know. Now it's going to be how how, who can play it right and who can get on at the right time that they open up the, they start letting people in. Yeah. It's going to get nuts. But. Did you know they were going to let people in 15 minutes early? No, had no idea. Bastards totally didn't say that. And then I log on at nine fifty nine AM and I'm number 12,000. Yeah. So I was the exact same thing. I was like right at nine, nine Oh one. And it's like, what, how? And then, but, but I got it. So Yeah. And, and I, I'd be curious to, to check in with you after season because, like, this new area to me, I did some research, and I think it had almost 2,000 non-resident hunters in there this year, and that number is going to be dropped down to 
200. It would be awesome, hopefully. I mean, we'll see unless there's a million residents in there, which whatever. But uh, I feel like the resident pressure would probably stay about the same. We never really had where we were. It was always non-residents that were like hitting it hard, backpacking in. And the residents just kind of like weekend warrior it. So if, if that stays the same, I'm with you. I, the hope is that there's not as many non-residents and you can actually have some better elk hunting. So does your season in Idaho open August 30th? Uh, I think so. When do you plan on going down, man, or going up? Whenever I get a chance. We're so busy at the lab right now trying to get everybody's sheep feet to them so that they can go out elk hunting. That Last year, I only got out like one for like two days. Okay. Well, let's get into sheep feet right away because that's why I'm having you on. So um, straight up, I'm not sponsored. You've never sent me a check. I got a pair of sheep feet. And I was like, holy shit, this makes a difference. And I took all the insoles out of all my crispies. And now I just have one pair of sheep feet and they just, they just migrate into whatever boot I'm using. And I feel like it makes a huge difference. And I felt like I didn't know what I didn't know. And I don't have an agenda other than I think all hunting starts from the ground up and your, and your footwear can make or break you. And not only in how much enjoyment you have in your hunt, but obviously transfer of energy. When you walk, you hike, you run, you whatever, you put force into the ground. And these force ground reactions can take a toll. And you can cripple somebody with blisters or just neuromas, hammer feet. There's a million foot things that can go wrong. And hunting season's so short. So um, I need to know the, the backstory on sheep feet, man. So... Yeah, it's like you're saying that sheep feet, what they are is they're a foundation, uh, foundational product. So it's like anything, the foundation is the most important. So when we make a pair of sheep feet orthotics for people, a custom orthotic is different than just an insole that you would go get at a Walmart or a Superfeet or anything like that. What we're doing is we're going to take an impression of your foot and then we're going to pour it with plaster. And then when we pull that foot mold out, I have one right here. This is what it looks like of someone's foot. We're going to do the correctional um, parameters to it to make sure that we get your foot foundation back to level. So lots of people, like you said, neuromas or just pronation, supination, rolling in, rolling out. Like if that foundation is off every step, it throws a lot of wear and tear up through your joints. It can hurt your knee, hips, back, the alignment all the way up, what's called the kinetic chain. So when people think we're doing something crazy with a custom orthotic or with a sheet feet, we're not trying to like overcorrect your foot or try and make your foot do anything it's not intended to do. All we're doing is getting it back to the level foundation where it's intended to be at. And that's where we're going to heat press the foot frame right to your foot, the orthotic, and then build out your sheep feet. So when you're, you're starting to hunt in this small window that we have every single year, and you got to be at your peak, you got to be able to cover miles, put time in, your feet are where they need to be. And it relieves a lot of stress, a lot of pain and prevents a lot of injuries from happening. But then on the flip side, it's gives you a hundred percent custom boot system. That's comfortable that you do what you do, rotate it from boot to boot. And when you have to get a new pair of boots, instead of a crazy expensive custom boot that you had to bought buy that you wore out, you just put your sheep feet in there and your next boot's ready to go for you. Yeah. Nope. It's a game changer. Now y'all have naysayers, so we'll just go right to the noise. Um, I, I, uh, I answer a lot of direct messages on social media. I feel like that's part of my job and, uh, I hate it, but it, 
Yeah, no, it's important. I know. <laughs> uh, and I hate it just because it takes up so much time. But a lot of the people will message me kind of two different narratives. Narrative one is, okay, dude, like, I don't know if you're sponsored or whatever, but what's your real thoughts? Even some like people that live within, let's say 50 miles and they know me beyond Instagram. They're like, okay, what's your real opinion? And I, and I get offended because like, I feel like I've put out, I put shit out there that is real and authentic always. And that I really believe it makes a difference. And I've tested it this bear season. I hunt bears extremely aggressively, like a whole month of bear hunting. And I was, I was sold instantaneously. And so my message to them is, yeah, I don't have a sponsorship deal with Cheap Feet. And I really think they work for me. Um, and that's one narrative. So we got that out of the way. The other narrative is like, dude, why wouldn't you just buy uh, a such and such brand for cheaper or whatever? So that's your turn. Tackle that for me, bro. Yeah, so that's what I started off uh, and said previously a little bit. Uh, a generic insult, they can be good. Um, most of the time, if, or they call them arch supports, most of the time when you go to like a, a Superfeet or a Soul or some of these other brands, you'll notice that they're really foamy and they're flimsy. You can bend them right in half because not every size nine or size 10 foot is the exact same. So what these companies are trying to do is, uh, and it's not bad, I'm not saying it's bad. We obviously just do something better that's more labor intensive, but they're giving you a foam insert that is going to pack down relatively quickly. Everybody knows if you get a pair of foam insoles, usually they pack out really quick, but they're banking on you packing that foam out to kind of the shape of your foot, how it is, and then it giving you some support in those areas that aren't taking your, your weight bearing or your pressure points is what they call it on your feet. So if someone uses one of those insoles and it helps them, that's the best. Cause that's when we say like, yeah, if you're getting relief from this, then a custom orthotic is going to be extremely good for me that you're going to notice a lot. So our foot frames are really, really rigid, but because they're rigid, it's supporting your whole foot exactly where your foot is because we're creating your foot. That's how we're able to go so rigid and not cause actually detrimental problems to people's feet. Cause you could throw one of those in there a generic off-the-shelf insole and actually cause more harm than good that's coming to your foot because it's not the shape of your foot and your foot's different. So it's moving it in a weird position. Okay, let's talk timing and economics. So a guy, gal goes on your website and they invest in the system. They're going to get a package in the mail. Uh, it's going to be a box. They get the box, they open it up. It's those two basically templates for you to put your feet in with the partner and they get it shipped to their door and you open up this box and you step in and you take a custom mold of your feet and you fold that box back up. It comes with the shipping label already. You slap that on, you USPS it to Salt Lake-ish, wherever you're at in there, and then you wait. What's the turnaround time? So outside of hunting season, right? we're like uh, 15 working days, so usually around two and a half, three weeks is where we're at, is what it takes. Um, right now, in the heat of things, if someone was to order in September or whatever, we're about four and a half weeks out right now in production. Yep. Okay, let's break down, let's break down your background then, because I know that you actually come from some ancestry, some, it's in your DNA, dude. Like the, the foot thing isn't something you just came up with. Let's go, we have to cover your background story, man. Yeah, so... 
it's not some just, hey, let's start this company. Not at all. My grandpa was a podiatrist, was a foot doctor. Um, my dad didn't want to do all the schooling, but he was very good with working with his hands. So he talked, my grandpa said, why don't you become an orthotist and learn how to manufacture orthotics? So it's kind of a, a hard thing to learn because uh, they usually only teach orthotics in podiatry school. So if someone's going to podiatry school, they're going to become a podiatrist. They're not really going there to learn how to make an orthotic and, and open up a lab. It's a lot of headache. So my dad went back to the Chicago School of Podiatric Medicine, uh, studied the biomechanics of the foot for a few years. My grandpa's best friend was the dean of the university. So my, he got the red flag waved. He was able to get in because he wasn't a podiatrist uh, or going through school. So he did that. Then he came home and he opened up his own orthotics lab where he's been manufacturing orthotics for doctors across the country for about 45 years now. Uh, and it was me. I've worked down here. It's the family business. So I've done it my entire life. Um, and I started a, a previous company and then learned a lot about business nowadays and marketing and those types of things. And then it was just a couple of years ago. It was just a no brainer. I'm like, dad, let's just take orthotics direct to consumer. Like let's get it to hunters. Cause that's what we love doing. And we, we just went for it. And that's where we're at today is sheep feet. Love it. So this is obviously your full-time deal now. Um, how many employees do you have employees yet? Yeah. Yeah. So we have about 13 employees now. Um, and it, yeah, it scaled a ton from last year, uh, and 13 employees and yeah, full time. We're just going around the clock manufacturing these. And my dad's actually dumped off the doctors. He's not even dealing with them anymore. So, oh my gosh. So you guys are literally serving the community that which you identify with. How rewarding is that? It's awesome. And the rewarding part is my whole life, we've been making these for the doctors and then the doctors give them to their patients and they talk with patients. If you're going to go to a podiatrist, that's how a custom orthotic works. So we've never really had feedback or anything. So the rewarding part is when we're at shows or doing emails or phone calls and someone calls and they're like, oh my gosh, these, I used to have back pain or knee pain or whatever it is. And it's like, I, I couldn't imagine a life without it. And now it's gone. Uh, and I'm not saying this cures all knee and hip pain, but if it's just a, a structural alignment issue, orthotics can help with a lot of that. So that's been the rewarding part is being able to actually hear from the people that we identify with and how much it's helping them. It's been awesome. So how much are the sheep feet currently? I know what I paid for, but what are they right now? Yeah. So sheep feet, you're going to be right around the double cushion with the heel, which is kind of like the fully loaded one. Uh, you're going to be right around 275. Okay. And they're going to last you four or five years. So okay. when, you really, when you really break down price-wise, there's people that hunt hard go through like a pair of insoles every year. Uh, some people talk two pairs a year. So, and they're usually around 50, 60 bucks. So in the long run, it's actually cheaper. It just takes a little bit up front. And uh, the other really, really cool thing is you can use an HSA or an FSA card, health savings account or a flex spending account card on orthotics because they're a corrective device for your health. Did not know that. Um, we should probably announce this since we, decided to do a discount code just because I'm always looking for ways to give back and add value to people coming to this podcast. So we got discount code. It is elk shape. It'll take you 10% off that initial investment, um, which is good. And honestly, five years is a good amount of time to where you probably want to 
have your feet checked again anyways. Things change. You grow. You age. Things like that. Injury, whatever. Uh, I want to hear the hustle. So when you started Sheet Feet, I imagine you didn't just go, well, I get a salary. Uh, you know, you probably had another job and you, you probably clocked out and then your evenings were spent on your side hustle. That is stuff that I love talking about. Can you take me through behind the scenes of your hustle to get this off the ground, bro? Yeah. So I've been running a, uh, like I said earlier, the other business that I was running with a friend is a water bottle company. We'd import stainless steel water bottles and we'd laser engrave companies' logos and people's names on them. So I've been doing that for like five years. And just once I got the idea and the bug for Sheep Feet, I designed the website, did everything myself. Uh, it took about a year to get everything done. Uh, and then I launched it and within like two months of launching it, I launched it at like the end of November and then by like February-ish, I think it was, I had jumped ship from the other company. Uh, it just started going. So, and we, we mainly just did a lot of outreach to influencers. And so just organically, that's how we got our name out there. And then it just started rolling from there. So let's talk about influencers. I hate them, by the way. I'm uh, just joking. Uh, somebody called me an influencer the other day, and I, I was offended at first, but then I was like, well, wait, that's probably not as bad as the term now versus, say, like two, three years ago. Um, so at the end of the day, I guess I am an influencer or whatever, but um, I just do no fluff influencing. I just tell it how it is. The For you, like – who, and you can say their name, I don't care, but like, who did you reach out and be like, Hey, let me send you these, please try them. Give me your feedback. And they were like instrumental in your, like your early growth phase where you were like, that was a good investment. That was a good person. Don't say anyone that was bad because there's plenty of bad apples, but like, is there anything that comes to mind? You're like, damn, I hit it out of the park with that individual. Um, yeah, there's, there's two individuals. Um, one has been Aaron Snyder. So I reached out to Aaron and Aaron had been using custom orthotics for a long time from his buddy. And he's like, dude, I would love to try them out. I understand how important a custom orthotic in is, which was huge. And he's, he's just like one of the best dudes ever, as far as just wanting to help people and making sure that people get into good gear. So, and that was another big thing is we wanted to reach out to people that would be credible and not just throw them in different places. But Aaron Snyder was, he was huge on just sharing it. And once he got them and just, he's just a great dude. Uh, another person that was big, which is funny is, is uh, Brian Call. They're, they both, and I think they're, both of them are some of the most trusted people in the industry as far as hunting and gear and those things. So Brian Call, right along with Aaron Snyder, those two were, were really, really big. How funny is that? I mean, from, oh man, that's cool. I actually, I work with Aaron through Kafaru, obviously, and I've known Aaron before he even worked at Kafaru. I've known him a long time. I just have an amazing amount of respect for him as well uh, because I've been behind the scenes. I've been to his house. I've seen him work. I've watched him run meetings at his work. Like he's literally... He's not hunting all the time, guys. He's an actual businessman, and he does like to just help people. Brian Call, however, I've known 
I, I'd still call him an acquaintance. He's not somebody I would send him a text and be like, hey, how's it going? What's up? You know, but when I do, he is friends with one of my best friends in the industry, Ryan Lampers. And so by default, if Ryan thinks he's an amazing guy, then I think he's an amazing guy just because of uh, the sheer respect and longevity I've had with Lampers. So that's great. Um, so you got the ball rolling. Now, does your wife work with your company too? Because I met her at uh, TAC in Bozeman this year. Yeah, it's a it's a family company. So when I started it, it was it was my dad and I. And then, I mean, my mom works too. My dad was actually a guide growing up. He guided for like 15, 20 years. And my mom ran the orthotics lab while he was out guiding once it was going. So my mom and dad still work down here. My wife and I work down here uh, along with all the employees every single day. And we're still like doing emails and responding to everybody and then jumping into production and manufacturing. So yeah, it's, it's family owned. It's fun. I get to work with my wife and hunt with my wife. So it's, it's a blast. Yeah. Do you know today, today I spent one hour with my wife in my office trying to show her more of what I do behind the scenes because she really is invested into obviously the brand elk shape. And, uh, I'm going to be gone hunting quite a bit coming up. Like, and so you can't just put an auto reply on emails, uh, at this stage in the game, you got to actually be able to. So it's funny that your wife's in, you work with your wife. So I do too. My wife's a part of the business. She's, I'm trying to teach her more and more what I do. And it's a, it's really cool when you have a family run business. I want to know from a business standpoint, because if we got to get into the, the entrepreneur stuff and here's why I'm a huge fan of not trading hours for dollars. I want people to be able to go hunt as much as they can possibly afford. And I want them to be time chasers. And I know that there's a lot of flexibility when you are self-employed that you can maybe ramp up your schedule more in the off season, put more hours in to give yourself the time to go hunting. I know I certainly do that. And so for you as the entrepreneur, the owner, the founder, the operator, and where were some of the bottlenecks that popped up to where you were like, dude, we're hitting the ceiling. We need to hire. We need to fix this. We need to raise the ceiling. Like give us some examples. Cause I find that stuff very interesting. Right. So, and I think that's a really good point for you to make in business with any entrepreneur, if you're wanting to start a business or just improve your business, the number one thing you always have to be looking for is the bottlenecks in your operation. So for us, our, our first real bottlenecks was production and it's for us production will always be the bottleneck because we are a hundred percent handmade here in the united states here in utah it's not something that we're going overseas that we are going to do that and sacrifice that quality so for us production will always be the bottleneck and uh the the hard part about making an orthotic is it's very there's a lot of specific things that need to be done and corrections and little things when you're manufacturing it to ensure the quality. So hiring new employees, that was our first bottleneck of being able to get product out the door and try not to keep these people waiting when hunting season comes. Um, and, and then this year, the, uh, that bottleneck has been hiring employees with how crazy the economy is and not a ton of people are wanting to work right now. It's been a nightmare for us to try and, and hire new people. The marketing, I feel like once you understand the marketing uh, and there's really good people out there, marketing is never really a bottleneck. You should be able to market 
and keep up unless you have a really specific niche item that's weird or funky, but marketing is not, shouldn't really ever be the bottleneck. It's, it's the other things, importing those types of things with companies. Yeah. Made in America, man. I know that for me, that just kind of stings a little harder than, than say five years ago, just knowing that when something is actually made in the U S uh, it's employing U S people uh, it's not, being sourced out not only the labor which is usually the first thing to get sourced out but the materials and all that stuff that's huge and the craftsmanship you know knowing that it's not a machine doing this this is handmade and that's gonna be i mean 15 business days that's nothing man if you don't wait till august 15th to order um which that's never gonna change right like people are always going to just put that stuff off and that's fine right like we can appreciate that um what's your other busy time of year like have you noticed more like people getting boots earlier and earlier in the year and then finding cheap feet and like jumping on the ball or is it still just kind of a third quarter mad dash to the sprint you know to the finish line yeah we we've no yeah it's exactly what you said you nailed it it's a third quarter mad dash but this year there was a lot more people that were ordering earlier. So like shed season was a good uptick in April, uh, March, April, May. Uh, and a lot of people got into it, but it still did not uh, scale up like third quarter. Everybody's getting ready for the hunts, the excitement's here and it's good to go. But early year, it usually we have an uptick and then it levels out again and then during before the hunts, it gets pretty crazy, which is now. So you said your dad was into this game before you, you know, got the idea for sheep feet. Did you take over his facility? Did you end up renting your own facility? Let's talk about commercial real estate. Let's talk about investing in the business. Some of those best practices. Yeah. So we, we partnered up. Uh, that's why I did it with my dad. So he owns, uh, he's an owner of the company with me. And we, he already had the infrastructure set up. He had everything in place so that we could just start. And I wasn't taking like a huge hit uh, and going into debt right off the bat to try and get a manufacturing facility up and going. So we manufacture everything here at his facility. And then, yeah, we're just renting uh, the space from him as we manufacture. And then he, he produces it all. And we do it here at the lab and we just crank them out. Just cranking. Okay. Well, the, the idea of $250 plus for, for lack of a better term, uh, something that's going to complement your boot. That's a tough pill for some people to swallow. So let's just go ahead. Let's dedicate one minute to your best pitch ever as to why the value of sheet feed outweighs the dollar. And we're going to interrupt this podcast for a quick little message from Black Rifle Coffee Company. These guys make amazing coffee here in the U.S. and they're veteran-owned and they're proudly American and unapologetic. I appreciate that. If you guys are interested in joining their coffee club or picking up maybe some swag, ready-to-drinks, or check out that new Flying Elk Roast flavor, use the discount code ELKSHAPE and that'll save you 15%. Also, Kafaru International. This is the backpack of choice for elk hunters. I use the Hoodlum or the 44 Mag. 
you guys need to check out Kufaro International if you are serious about packing out large loads of perfect protein off the mountain. Head over to kufaro.net to learn more. We're also brought to you by Onyx Hunt, the number one hunting GPS app. I've pretty much gone away from using an old school GPS. Obviously, I still carry like an inReach, but all my hunting maps are stored and executed with the Onyx. This is the fastest downloading offline maps out there, as well as the most resilient, bulletproof. Not gonna crash on you when you need it most. I run tracking most days while elk hunting, and I found Onyx to be the most reliable hunting GPS app out there. Check it out today. And finally, Baku e-bikes. These are e-bikes made for hunters by hunters. This is a game changer for elk hunting as well as bear hunting, checking your tree stand trail cams, getting in and out quietly. I rock the mule. Use the discount code ELKSHAPE to knock $300 off your purchase. And if you do that, you might as well just go ahead and apply that discount towards a folding cargo trailer so you can put your elk quarters and haul them out back to the truck. So she feed out weighs the dollar because it's a custom orthotic, which is going to help you hunt harder and hike longer. It's going to take away from a lot of injury prevention, a lot of fatigue when you're up on the mountain. And lots of people have hunts that are drawn short from blisters or whatever it may be. So having something that is going to keep you on the mountain hunting to where you can eventually take whatever the trophy is that you're after or goal you're trying to take is a really small price to pay, especially when you go to a podiatrist and a custom orthotic is anywhere from 500 to $1,200. So if you look at it from that aspect, you're getting a great value. And then over the long term, to have a custom boot system that's also corrective to prevent those injuries, that's going to last you up to five plus years in your boot to just keep moving over and over again in the long run it's not a big pill to swallow because you're going to be saving money if you're already in that insult game. But the comfort is going to be way better than anything you're used to. We always relate it to packing out an elk without a frame pack uh, compared to having a frame pack and packing it out. Well, now you're having that frame for your feet, which our health is something we should always invest in. And the fact that you can use that health savings card is really cool. I think a lot of people have that. Um, and that's going to be something that is a no brainer. Uh, let's talk about once you get your sheep feet in the mail, 15 days, you're pretty excited. You open up your box, but then there's some arts and crafts time before you put them in your boot. Explain that, would you? Yeah. So it's like any other insole that's on the market. You need to trim it to fit your specific boot or shoe that you're putting it in. So super simple. It comes with an instruction sheet. There's a QR code that takes you to a video that's on our website, but essentially you just take the insole out of your boot that you're wearing. You're going to set it on top of your sheet feet. You're going to center it and line it up. Um, a lot of people will take a pen once it's lined up and just trace around the top. And then you know exactly where you're cutting and it, it slides right into your boot. But there's, there's a video that shows it and it's, it's not super hard. And then once, once you have them in your boots, something that people will experience is a break-in period that we have in that instru instruction sheet probably 85% of people will put them in and feel great and just go. But other people have uh, the way their biomechanics are and the way you walk is really off. So then all of a sudden trying to get back to this correct position, say you roll in, you pronate super heavily. Well, you're all of a sudden rolling into this piece of plastic that's really supportive. So your feet can get a little tired, fatigued. So some people do have a break-in period, um, but 
not not everybody has it. You know, pronation so common as a strength coach. Uh, a lot of my early education and graduate stuff was about started with the feet and pronation. Like supination happens, but pronation, flat feet, friends for listening, flat feet really seems to affect the knee, which seems to affect the hip, which can lead to some sort of lower cross syndrome, upper cross syndrome, things that here you said kinetic chain. And so what that means and the best analogy I can think of, correct me if I'm wrong, is like alignment. If your truck's out of alignment, you can certainly drive it. If your feet, knees, all that are out of alignment, you can certainly keep hiking, but there is a degree of wear and tear. You can wear out tires you know, struts, shocks a lot faster, and those can be replaced. However, if you do pronate, which most people do have super tight soleus, gastroc, the Achilles complex, they're overworked, they're too tight, and then that leads to knees that valgus, knees that buckle, which creates lower back strain, lateral knee pain, all this shit is happening because the way that your feet pronate. And so if you could slightly put yourself back into proper alignment, would it be safe to say that you are diminishing the amount of wear and tear on your body because you fixed your feet? Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. Just fixing the, the foundation and your analogy was perfect. Probably one of the best I've ever heard. So uh, just fixing that, the body's incredible. So the minute you start rolling into that orthotic that's keeping you at neutral position level, right where that foot's supposed to be. After just a little bit of time, it's going to go, oh, okay, every time I try and pronate or roll in, I'm hitting this wall. And I don't like that. So how about I just don't pronate as much, don't roll in. And then the body will automatically correct that. And then everything can just relax and align where it needs to from that simple, just foundational piece of a custom orthotic. I think it literally could lead to proper muscle recruitment which could, you know, diminish synergistic dominance. Synergistic dominance is a fancy word of saying basically uh, you're compensating. And a lot of times people will don't know this or unknowingly compensate with different muscles. A lot of times their lower back, they don't get their glutes involved. It's funny as it is to say that, but the lack of glute recruitment will come from somewhere else in the hip flexor or oftentimes the lower back. And that will lead you to lower back pain, which 80% plus of Americans experience. And it's so important that I would take the time out of your day and mine to literally talk about feet and hunting and how they're married. And it's not going away, friends, especially for me. I just turned 40 like, dude, things are older and uh, I want to keep doing this stuff, man. Like I was in my 20s and in order to do it proper. I got to, I got to front a little bit of money. Uh, and I haven't regretted one. I have had zero bios remorse to be honest with you, Caleb. Like this has been a really good investment. And I also have several different pairs of boots because I actually want all my crispies to last for five years as well. So I rotate boots quite a bit depending on the terrain topography, the time of year. Um, but I don't have a boot that's one size fits all from early season antelope mule deer all of September into late November, dude, no way. Do you think most hunters are like me and have a couple of different pairs of boots or does, are these most folks just all in? I'm curious to know. They're just like you, like you. When we talk to people at the shows, multiple pairs of boots, 
that's like the common denominator that we see. So sliding them in, just like you're doing, sliding your orthotics, as long as they're similar in size, uh, then they're going to go between all the different boots. No problem at all. Mm, that's cool. Well, let's finish with talking about the rest of your hunting season because I was intrigued. So you got South Dakota. I've been to South Dakota the last two years in a row. Um, terrible. Don't put in for it, guys. Don't go. They don't have any deer. But have you been there before? No, this is my first time. What made you decide to go to South Dakota knowing that you live right there in the Wasatch Front? Because I could hunt it later on in the year. So it was, for me, it was just being able to go and get out after the rush. I need a few more hunts that are a little bit later in the year. So when we get out of the lab manufacturing these things, I got some options, some things to pick between. Have you, have, I agree. And they have an awesome late, late season weather dependent could be amazing. Could be terrible. Uh, you kind of get that leftover. If you go late in December, you'll get a good archery season, but I mean, they've been hunted pretty hard with rifles by then. And uh, South Dakota's cool on that. You, you know, they have that whitetail and mule deer availability uh, and a lot of public ground, but a lot of private ground as well. You have to really bring your Onyx down there or up there for you. The uh, the other question I have is like extended season, Wasatch Front, Archery Elk. Do you have any reps there? No, I've never done. I've never done Elk on the front. For me, it's always been just go out of state. <laughs> yeah. And Utah, I feel like growing up in Utah is kind of the worst because you don't get to hunt elk. Like, you don't have the same opportunity that you have in other states. So, Well, have you drawn an elk tag in Utah ever? No. So I have – so get this. I have – my dad has 28 points, and uh, I have, like, 17 points. My mom just drew this year the Manti rifle tag, like, September 18th. So how many points did she burn for that? She had 17 points as well. For the Manti? Huh? Yeah, it's getting nuts. The Manti is like good. I mean, it's got a lot of elk. I'll give you that. But um, I also think Utah could just go away with like, why are you giving out rifle elk tags in September? Come on, man. Like make them work for it a little bit in October. They'll still be bugling a little bit, but September 18th with rifle, whatever, that's fine. Um, what do you have? Let's talk about your dad. Let's not put you on blast, but your dad, he's got 28 points. What's he trying to draw like a Dutton or. Oh, so he's boulder. Yeah. It's, it's between the boulder or San Juan. Premium. Okay. So he's trying to get the tag that lets you hunt every single season. Oh, okay. So, the multi-season tag. I mean, he's too far gone. It's like, what's three, four more years unless he can't walk or something, but he's still doing pretty good. So 28 points. What's max points? Uh, so it's in a max pool. And I think he's right there with huh. Matt. So, but they were only giving out one tag to the max pool. So it was between like five guys and then people keep bouncing between the boulders and San Juan. So it kind of fluctuates. So it's like a one in six chance every year is kind of the feeling in five years from now he's gonna have it one way or another and your ass is going on that hunt because that's going to be really cool to see i've always wanted you know ryan carter guides in the dutton he makes it pretty well known the boulder uh those places are special man like they're world class um the monroe unit doesn't get as much publicity as it did maybe years like maybe 10 years ago when seemed like a 400 inch bull was dropping every week, but, uh, 
the uh, the San Juans has always been super sexy country. I have 15 or 16 for Utah uh, as a non-resident, and I'm not in the game, man. I'm like three, four, and I always put in for archery. Like, so I, what unit are you going for archery? Boulders? Uh, no, I have no chance. I've actually had to drop. T that was what I've been putting in for several years was Dutton or Boulders or San Juans. Um, even Beaver would be fine or, or Southwest Desert. But I believe it or not, it's just like Colorado. I started out with so many points in Colorado, like trying to draw Northwest Colorado. And then I dropped from the 201s down to like, okay, I'll put in for 76. And then you start to look at the numbers and you're like, oh, t people have dropped down. And now there are people ahead of me putting in for 76. I'll drop down to 49 in Colorado. And then so even with 14, 15 points for Colorado and Utah, I've had to tier, 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 tier. And this was the first year, and I can't say what I put in for because I don't want to attract anybody else's name in the hat, but I put in for an area that I thought, okay, I'm going to cash out my 15 points. I'll draw that. No, it's not It's not the Dutton. It's not Boulder. Didn't even draw that. So um, it's okay, man. I just Your state's the only state out west I haven't elk hunted in, man. And I ain't doing a do-it-yourself public land over-the-counter, although your tag's cheap. In fact, do you know that you have the cheapest non-resident over-the-counter elk tag? No. I haven't even looked at non-resident. I think it's like 300 bucks. Hmm. <clears throat> I will hunt my own state of Washington, which I never hunt, before I drive past Idaho over-the-counter. Well, not technically over-the-counter. Or, you know, Montana General, Wyoming General. But uh, you guys do have, and I, Colorado, you guys have some really good over-the-counter elk hunting. Um, but you, it is so hard. I've, it's next level hard. Yeah, we've done it. Uh, I grew up with horses and mules, so like we've we've done it a handful of years on the horses and the mules, just like covering as much country as we can. The people that have it figured out have it figured out, and they can kill bulls. But like to get it figured out, it could be tough. It just takes a lot of work without giving away too much information. I have a couple peers that have figured it out. Right. And they are, I'm just going to say it. I think it's well known. They are setting up tree stands and ground blinds over tiny little Alpine watering spots in the most obscure places. And they're sitting tree stands and they're killing elk August 18th or the 21st or whatever it opens. They're killing elk in their summer range in hot weather from a tree stand. There's no bugling. There's no that. And they're, and that's the only people I know that have had success. I don't hear about people bugling in over the counter elk too much in your state. It's actually like, all you hear is the opposite is you're just bugling in hunters and the elk. They're just either it's a migration unit or they just know like they're not responding to a bugle. And if they hear it, they're going the other way. I've, talked to quite a few people that have said they've been watching herds at like a thousand just across Canyon and they try and bugle and they'll just take off and they don't really ever hear them every once in a while. So yeah, you're right. It's tough. I wonder if you guys are ever going to change your archery dates on elk because like this is the latest I've ever seen it this year. I think you guys go till September 17th or something. And then every year it's going to go back a day. So the following year, 22, it'll end September 16th. But this is the latest I've ever seen it. Uh, and I'm not sure the reset date, but it's gotten down. It usually gets down to the 10th or the 9th or something where you're like, 
The elk are just getting warmed up and you guys are done. I don't like that. Do you like that? No, I hate it. Like I'm a, I love bow hunting and I only do it just because man, if I can take a rifle in the heat of a rut, like I'm an opportunist, I'm not going to turn that down. Like that's not me. I'm not that big of a purist. So, but number one, I'm a bow hunter and I love bow hunting, but I don't, I'm with you. I don't agree with it. I think it's, it would be way more beneficial to do like most states, like September's a bow month. And then they're still going to be bugling in beginning of October. So yeah, I'm with you, hmm. but I yeah. don't think they'll ever change. I think this is just the beast they created and they're going to roll with it. You're right. Are you going to go on your mom's hunt or do you, I don't know if you have time, but are you going to be able to go to that Manti hunt? Yeah, that's the hunt that I'm planning on this year. So a lot of my other tags, I probably won't even get out on, but that one is for sure planned. Are you guys going to film that, please? Yeah, I think we're going to. I've never been into the filming game. I know I need to start doing it, but we're going to film it. Yeah, man, it's your mom, and it's a special tag. And how cool is it to say that, yeah, my mom drew this. We're going on my mom's hunt. My mom doesn't hunt, and she's got she supports it, but she's never hunted a day in her life. Yeah, my mom's pumped. She loves it. So for her to be able to go elk hunting, she's just stoked. So you got kids yet, man? No kids. How you, How old are you? I'm 30. How'd you do that? Like you're in Salt Lake. I'm assuming you're Mormon as they all get out and you should have like 30 kids by now. We just keep selling them. <laughs> so, uh, I got married two years ago. I found my wife just marrying a girl that didn't hunt wasn't something I was going to do. So it took me a while to find a girl that would hunt with me and do all that. But I found her, I lucked out, married up and it's been two years and we've been doing this and no kids yet. Man, you are smarter than you look. I tell you what, that's, <laughs> we'll give uh, it a few years and then we'll probably have a kid. Yeah. I wouldn't have, uh, my oldest daughter till I was 33. I'm all about that, man. Like I don't know how the heck my parents raised me when they were in their like barely twenties. Like I looking back, I'm just like, man, they were not established. It was all they could do to get by. Uh, I'm super thankful for all their sacrifices, but my kids are stupid spoiled age 33, got a lot of life experience now and, um, they have it made, but, uh, that's cool. Last question. Your bow hunting's number one for you. Take me through your bow hunting setup for 2021. Are you using the same bow, same arrow, same broadhead across mule deer, elk? Do you like to switch up your, like, just go through your setup. I'm super interested. So I am actually hunting my old bow. So last year, all my archery stuff got stolen out of the truck. What? Um, yeah. My dad's too, his crossbow, his pack. We had come back from scouting uh, and the season had just opened and we're like, Hey, we got to run back and wrap some things up at the lab and then we'll be right back so we park the car the next morning we go into work come back for lunch I jump in the shower because we're gonna head back out and he's just like you gotta be shitting me he comes up and asks me if I took the stuff out no some guy broke into the truck like from the hours of two in the morning to the morning stole all of our stuff so it was just like a mad panic of me throwing every old piece of archery gear I had on my old bow which is a bare moment and I'm really, really comfortable with. So it's not a bad thing. Uh, and so then long story short, they caught the dude like a month later, we got 
some of our stuff back. We got our bows back. I got my pack, but my dad's pack with all of his Sitka, a whole week's worth of backpacking stuff was gone. So this year I'm just sticking with my old bow setup. I haven't had time to like get a new bow or get comfortable with my brand new expedition that I got last year. Uh, Cause I've just been shooting my old bear moment. So that's what I'm going with is old, old faithful. And I've been shooting it really good this, this preseason. So it's, that's what I'm going with. Yeah. Honestly, guys who get a new bow every year are the worst, uh, myself included. I literally, after I get off this podcast with you, I'm going down. I just had some strings built for, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but a 2022 bow is not even out yet. I got, I have, I have one and uh, I'm, I'm supposed to hunt with it and I'm super doped in with my bow and my backup bow and there's something to be said about confidence, man. Like confidence kills. So just going back to your old faithful, that makes me smile. I wish there was more narrative around that more people like campaigning for like bow manufacturers don't want that, but there's enough people out there that are going to buy a new bow every year, regardless if they've moved one bolt two inches over or something, they're going to be like, Oh, I got to have that. And that's cool. I love it. Uh, but shooting what, what makes the most sense. I killed last year, three bulls with and a mule deer with a bow that was three years old and what happened was i ran over my new bow with my four-wheeler long story don't want to get into it broke some stuff and in the heat of the moment i grabbed my old bow and it was just like i hadn't you ever have one of those bows that just fits you perfectly yes right yeah pull it right out of the box six months later yeah and it hit 80 and you're like oh that's a good group it just hits right where it's supposed to that that it's a shooter and it fits you. Uh, that's that verdict. So I, last year I killed almost everything with a bow that was a couple years old be, because I'm an idiot. And, um, there's, we actually did a video on our YouTube channel about if you have a bow that's just fits you perfectly and you just love measure everything on it, measure the brace height, measure the string to nose distance, measure everything so that you can try to do, if you end up upgrading, that you can actually try to get your new bow to feel like your old bow. And that's the, that's the name of the video if you guys want to look that up. I thought that was a really good video we did. Um, what do you think it's about your old bow that just fits you so well? Um, I just – that was the time probably four years ago that it was – there was a span of like two and a half years that I was really good, like shooting every day and just shit loads of reps. So in my opinion, it's just the comfort and the muscle memory of that bow where it touches my nose, everything. And I know you can do that with new bows, but they don't all feel the same. So the draw, the cycle, everything. I think it's just my body has so many reps with that bow that it just settles into place. Last question, get you out of here. Appreciate your time, by the way. Uh, For a guy like me who trains quite a bit throughout the season, you, you know, do you feel like I should be training with sheep feet in my training shoes or is it just necessary to use that when I'm using it in hunting applications? What's your thoughts on that? Sheep feet, we market sheep feet to the hunting industry. So, but a custom orthotic is not a hunting specific device. A custom orthotic is an everyday device. The, the healthier you can be, it's, it's like you said, if was am I going to train just for 
right before a month before hunting season? Am I going to go into the gym and train or is it going to be more beneficial for me to do it every day throughout the year to be stronger, to prevent injuries? The orthotics are the exact same. The more you can wear them, the more your body and your foundation can be in the correct spot, the better off in the long haul, preventing injuries, those type of things your body's going to be in. So an everyday application is the best possible way to do it. And especially lifting and training like that. Love it. Caleb, where can people learn more about Sheet Feet? Give us all the, the plug stuff. Yeah, so you can follow us on Instagram, Sheet Feet Outdoors is our Instagram handle. Same thing with Facebook. And then sheetfeetoutdoors.com. You can get online. You can read over the technology. You can see the videos of the cushion, everything. And then if there's any questions, my number is actually on the website. So just give me a call. We like to talk to every single person. If you have questions about your feet, anything, we go over it with you or email us or there's a chat box on the website. So just don't be afraid. Reach out if anyone has any questions. Thanks for your time. Best of luck to you this year and your mom. Keep doing what you're doing. Guys, remember separation is in the preparation. We'll catch you on the next one. Okay, guys, I told you that was a good episode. Caleb, thanks again for coming on, man. You're a solid dude. Best of luck. And for those that don't have sheep feet, take advantage of the discount code ElkShape. It'll get you 10% off. I think it'll be a, a worthwhile investment. You know, if I'm saying sheep feet is legit, Aaron Snyder's saying it's legit, chances are it's pretty legit. So check it out. Discount code ElkShape will get you 10% off. Black Rifle Coffee Company, I'm using their instant coffees when I'm hunting. Uh, if you want some swag, some coffee, coffee of the month club, discount code ElkShape one time, get you 15% off, so make it a good one. Black Ovas for any last minute purchases along the way, use the discount code ElkShape, that'll take 10% off. They also carry Krispies there, and uh, if you're asking me what's my favorite crispy, it's going to be probably down to, I've said it before, Brickstall, Colorado, and then the guides. And those are my three that I rotate through the most elkcollective.com maybe you need some quick digital refresher courses uh, when you're in between hunts go to the elkcollective.com sign up for a year enter the discount code elkshape podcast all one word it's going to take 25 bucks off the lowered price already and get to learning cram sessions between hunts is a great idea to stay fresh and to have many tactics at your fingertips northwest retention systems i believe in bear spray i also believe in gun spray i pack both i have a chest holster that slides underneath my bino harness from northwest retention systems go to their website find the scout there's even one with the elk shaped logo if you're if you're that big of a fan uh or want to support the brand uh whatever just get the scout whatever color combo you want into the discount code elk shape it'll take 10 percent off zero shipping and handling and only a five-day lead time so you still can get that for elk season stowaway gourmet uh i just think their stuff tastes good and it's healthy so Discount code's ELK10, take 10% off and get yourself some freeze-dried food. I think they have um, quite a bit in stock. Don't forget to try anything with bacon and beer in it. There's a couple with that, and uh, I think you'll dig it. Onyx uh, will be on my phone in every waking minute of a hunt. I'm pretty much checking my phone for topography, uh, doing uh, satellite imagery overlay, as well as kind of a hybrid mode I'm, I, I have all my maps downloaded I'm dropping pins I'm adding radius I'm just I'm constantly examining my phone because that's my tracking unit that's why I run tracking I check elk trails I check waypoints everything's already marked up from all my summer scouting uh, whether it be digitally or uh, in person boots on the ground and so 
you should be using Onyx. It's the most robust platform in the backcountry. It's not going to crash on you. They don't have bugs. They've been out longer than all the other brands. And all the other brands have a lot of catching up to do. So discount code is Elkshape. Take 20% off Onyx. Know where you stand. Last but not least, SpyPoint Trail Cameras. They've been a huge supporter of Elkshape Camp this year. Appreciate you guys' support. Spy Point's very affordable. I do like their cell phone trail cams where legal. Uh, get the micro LTE, super cheap. Get a nice plan with Verizon or AT&T, whatever cell towers are in your hunt area. Buck knives, going to be skinning all the critters up with my classic Buck 110. That's the same knife my dad had when I was growing up. I've had mine, and I hope to give mine to my son someday. They're just down the road from me. I'm finally partnered with them. I've been working on trying to get them to partner with Elkshape for over six years. Finally convinced them, and so hopefully we can make them proud. Please support Buck knives. And last but not least, I want to sell you on one thing, hard work. Elk hunting is hard work. It is elk hiking. You are going to be putting the miles in. You're going to be tired. You're going to be exhausted, dehydrated. You're going to have a lot of lows, very few highs. That's what you signed up for. Identify what success means to you. Have as many elk encounters as possible and leave it all on the field. Best of luck to you all. We'll catch you on the next one.